Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Much, David. Uh, start of an off season. Still don't know when the next season will begin, but yeah, yeah. that was that was a very very fun Heat season. How are you, David? Pretty good. Yeah, the classic mid October start of the off season, just as like we all prepared for. Uh, we are also once again joined by Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press. Tim, where are you right now? I am in Miami Lakes. Hooray! I am back. Uh, the turnpike is still glorious. And um, as much as I think we'd all have liked to have seen a Game 7 on Tuesday night, it is really good to be home. What is the uh, first thing you did when you got back to Miami? Oh, man. Um, don't, don't disappoint me, Tim. Don't disappoint me. <laughs> a little nearby, Anthony, probably, but I, uh, I can, t- listen, so I am a big fan. I- I'm a proponent of water pressure. Like, I am a huge, I want, like, a shower head that, like, is going to, like, blow me through a wall, kind of. And so the very first thing, I got to the house and brought in my suitcases and all that, and I... I went and used my shower for the first time in whatever it's been since I left before, I guess, since the end of August, before I went up for round two. Um, Disney showers are wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but not, please do not. uh, I don't need the Disney bloggers who hear and see everything you think and say about Disney. Lovely showers there, but there's just, I, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, had, had, I was actually like on the way home, like thinking of how good the shower was (laughs) All right. Out if you'd like. Yeah, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's talk some basketball because uh, <laughs> it's the last time we get to do it for a while. Um, Tim, I mean, we don't really, I guess, have to talk too much about what happened um, last night. We're recording this uh, Monday afternoon. I think the story was pretty obvious, right? The Heat. I mean, I know they didn't necessarily say it, but it was pretty obvious they ran out of gas. Jimmy did not have the same sort of burst he had in, um, obviously, in, in Game 5 and Game 3, but even, I, I think, in, he was not the same guy he was even in Game 4. Um, Bam was, was all out of sorts in the first half. The Goron thing was fun, and he actually looked better than I thought he was going to look. Um, but, yeah, they just ran out of gas. The Lakers killed him in transition. Um, I think the... Uh, Thing that probably stands out for, to me from last night, from a Heat standpoint at least, was Spoke crying in that post game press conference. And as he said, he's not emotional a whole lot. Um, but he was after that run um, because it, I mean, it, there's obviously never been a, an NBA run like that. I mean, I totally get the emotion, and I didn't look at Twitter afterward, but I'm sure some people were not kind about it. He, he was not upset that they lost right. the game. Of course, of course he was. Right, but that's not but what he was crying for. Yeah, you're not crying over the NBA Finals. Like You're not crying because you lost. Like that, That's not it. Um, this season, I mean, look, this year, I, I don't care what anybody says, this year changed all of us in one way or another. And then, you know, what we're going through with this virus and in this world right now, the whole world looks different than it did 
on opening night in, in you know in October of 2019. And then when you you add the bubble to that and the bubble experience to it, I mean, this the, the Heat are going to reap the benefits of this bubble experience for a long time, and and all the players who were there, all the coaches who were there, like. Every bit of it was real. Like the bonds that were formed up there were real. And they got to the NBA Finals, not because they were the best team in the Eastern Conference or the second best team in basketball. They got to the Eastern Conference, or they got to the NBA Finals because they were the team that handled the bubble best. They were the bubble champs. The Lakers are the world champions. They are, they, that they earned it and they deserve it. No question. They were better. But I don't think a team got more out of the bubble, including Phoenix. I don't think a team got more out of the bubble than Miami. And I think in that moment, that's what Spo was realizing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I go back to the start of this thing before they even left for the bubble. When we were talking to them leading up to that, you know, their trip up there, they kept saying, we think we're built for the bubble. Udonis Hazem said it, Eric Spolcher said it, other players like Jimmy said it. And, you, you know, you, you listen to that and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's cliche. Who knows even know what, what does that even mean? But there's no doubt that they were, quote unquote, built for the bubble. Like they just the way they enjoy each other's company, they, their discipline, their structure. Um, they didn't ever complain about the situation. And, you know, we it's, I know it's not popular to say like, oh, my God, they're away from home for three months. You know, that's terrible. And people will say. Well, they make millions of dollars, but no, that does not make it easier. Um, a lot of those guys were away from their families for three months. Three months, Tim. You, I mean, you know the feeling of that, like that living in isolation in a hotel room. It's it's hard enough to live in a for me to travel for a week on a West Coast trip and living out of my suitcase in a hotel. That's not easy. And those guys did it for three months, playing high level basketball with a lot of stakes attached to those games. Um, I think that emotion was kind of like a not you know like a sense of relief like it's you know Eric Spoelstra has been so on edge for the past month, two or three months and it ended last night and you kind of saw the relief re, the relief it was like a balloon letting out the air um, I think that's what I think that's what these tears were you know at the beginning of that press conference Dave before you jump in to, Anthony is spot on yeah with all that I mean that was three months of everything just coming out in a moment and in full disclosure, I didn't write about it, but I saw Spo like an hour afterward and he was Spo again. Like he was fine. Yeah. I mean, they were reflective, but he was fine. Um, it, it, it's, it, it was hard. Like, and, and I know I made jokes about it in my past appearances with you guys as my, as the correspondent, like I, I walked in and there's, there's seven inches of mail sitting on the front table. <laughs> I mean, most of it is... Most of it yeah. is useless. But, like, it's just... I mean, Jimmy Butler relies on his inner... Jimmy Butler doesn't have anyone in his life except his inner circle and his teammates. Mm-hmm. The inner circle... Nobody from his inner circle was there for 90 days. You know, he's got a baby at home. He's... All these, just because these guys are wealthy, because they all make big checks, they're all dealing with stuff. And much, it's not, it's different, but it isn't. So 
I think the way he described it was spot on. That moment for Spo, it wasn't because of my dopey question or whatever else. It, that moment was the, the release valve. Three months of the weight of the world on that man's shoulders, and then he let it go, and, and then he was fine. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's also, it's, there's like three or four different things about this season that would have made it like one to remember. Obviously the bubble aspect of it and playing through this, you know, world crisis, there's the social justice stuff, which was, you know, obviously a huge part of this. And, and in a standalone, if this was just a normal finals that was played in LA and Miami and they were doing the kind of things they were doing, it would have made this kind of a memorable one. There's obviously the fact that they were the five seed in the East and had this crazy run there's Jimmy's performance in the finals, um, you know, when those two guys go down. There were like five or six, seven, eight things that you would list and it would be like, this is that season. This is what you remember that season for. And they all happened in a three-month stretch when they had, you know, nothing but each other uh, to be around. And, and I'm sure there's also, you know, it was a, a special team uh, in the construction, and you know, it seems like a lot of the guys are going to be back. Even you know, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to keep Goron and, and Jay Crowder around. But like, is Myers Leonard going to be back next year? Is Derek Jones Jr. going to be back le- next year? Like, I know those guys didn't play, but I mean, it's it, if you watched a game ever, <laughs> you know how big a part of this team Myers Leonard was, and you know, it's just not going to be the same um, alchemy next season. Um, so they're you know they'll probably be just as good as they were or close to as good as they were. But, you know, like you said, it, it's over. And it's over in a, in a way that no season has ever been over. Yeah. And, and who, know, who knows what will happen this offseason, obviously. You know, Goran's a free agent. Jay's a free agent. But you, the expectation is you would think, unless something, a big trade happens that we don't expect see right now, that most of this roster, most of the rotation will be back next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's important, like, I, I know – it's being painted like this is the underdog story. And they were an underdog. I mean, they were a five seed. Five seeds don't make the finals. Yeah. And even if, like, I know it was kind of a fake five seed, even a four seed making the finals is, right. like, not typical. It's not common. Yeah. So, but but I, I think it's important to give the Heat credit because they were a different team in that bubble. And you could say both for the bubble. And they were both for the bubble. But you could see the growth. Like, these guys are a legitimately good. This is a legitimately good team. I mean, Jimmy Butler played like a top 10 player in the league pretty much the entire way. Bam was an all-star who's going to get even better next season. Tyler Hero looks like he's on his way to becoming an all-star one day with his ability to score the ball in a variety of ways. Um, They just have a lot of talent and they have a lot of other pieces too. I mean, Goran obviously played very well. They're a good team. And with this roster coming back, um, yeah, I mean, the East is not going to be easy next season, but they should be up there and probably the top four in the conference contending again so yes they weren't underdog this season but let's give them credit like they are a really really good team as well yeah I think by the end it was hard to you know these were the two best teams like you said some of it is maybe the bubble and playing on neutral sites and stuff but everyone else the Lakers beat they beat them in five the Heat beat the Heat took them to six without you know with Bam playing with one arm and Goron playing with zero legs basically um, and then obviously they, they cruised through the East for the most part. So yeah, the, the underdog narrative was, was a narrative basically until they got there. And then the injuries made them the underdog again. Um, but yeah, I mean, we thought we all thought, I mean, Tim and I picked them to win the finals when they got there. So, um, yeah. you know, 
and that, that wasn't like an out there prediction. A lot of guys were. So, um, yeah, by the end of the year, it was the underdog story all the way there, and then parts of it there at the end. But yeah, the, I think I think everyone has that appreciation. Um, yeah, you know, the season might always be kind of remembered as like the underdog season, um, but I think people who remember closely will will remember how you know they'll remember how good they were in the playoffs and the fact that they had a lot of close wins, a lot of memorable close wins, but but ultimately none of the series were really that close. No, there were some close games, though. Yeah, close games. And there were a lot of, you know, that Bucks game, there were a lot of games that came down to the fourth quarter, even though it wound up being a five-game win. I go back, I, I think the, I mean, the biggest thing was Jimmy, of course. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Jimmy full stop goes without saying. But they were so much better this year in close games because last year, as Anthony very well recalls from sitting next to me and us commenting on it often, <laughs> They were the worst team in recorded history at shooting free throws. Yeah. And Tim, and, yeah, and Tim not to interrupt you real quick, real quick, even before the stoppage, they weren't even good in close. I think they were like one yeah, of they the were worst bad. teams in yeah. the close games. And Particularly sudden, like right before the break happened. They had like lost, I mean, they had lost the, a game to the Hawks, I remember. There was like a close game in the fourth quarter. Like they were losing to bad teams close late in games. They were starting to, to get it. But the way they shot free throws in the bubble – I mean, the yeah. irony being that last night they started, what, like 5 for 12 or something like that. Not that it would have mattered. Yeah, they missed 14 total in the first games of the finals and 7 in the first half of game 6. Yeah, so it's – but they learned how to win close games in the bubble. Like, it was two seasons in one. It was three training camps in one. Tyler Hero is going to come back a veteran. Kendrick Nunn is going to be a, a returning – I mean, I don't know if he starts or what. I mean – the Duncan story is any of these individual elements, like like you were saying, I, David. You could, I mean, you said five, six, seven, eight things. It could be like thirty. Yeah. I mean, other than they lost the last game, what what was there not to like? If you're a Heat fan this year, like you're tenth in the East a year ago with Dwayne. You start this year with a roster that some of us, Anthony, know who I mean, me, some of us knew wouldn't work. And they make, I mean, everything, the moves, getting Jimmy, getting rid of the guys who didn't want to be here, bringing in guys who do want to be here, changing the culture, adapting to Jimmy, letting the young guys do what they do, Jimmy embracing them. I mean, my goodness, like it was all good except for the last game. It was all good. And now comes, you know, to the victor go the spoils, and this is definitely a spoil that's tough to deal with, is they're not going to be picked 10th in the East next year. <laughs> like, and this town, when it gets a sniff, they only want one thing. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this group performs next year with everybody coming into media day whenever it is saying it's championship or bust. Like, right. It's different. It's hard to win. So I hope it's not championship or bust for the fan base because the odds are they'll be disappointed. But can they win a championship next year? Yeah, they can. I really, I I believe they can. And I think that's the biggest, like that right there is why this season was such a huge success because how long has it been since we've been able to realistically say like this team can win a championship next year? (laughs) 
Right. I mean, th- it, that this season basically opened up that possibility again, just seeing with the potential of this roster. And with that being said, too, I wanted to bring this up because, you know, I know there's, you know, teams are going to be changing over the next few months. There's free agency, there's the draft, there are going to be trades. But ESPN put out power rankings um, this morning uh, for next season already, and the Heat are ninth. I think they're behind Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee, and I think Toronto. I think they might be fifth in the East in those rankings, which, again, I know they're not an underdog anymore, but it seems like they might still have to prove themselves that they are a legitimate contender just based on that. So I thought that was interesting when I said I know it's getting some uh, criticism by Heat Twitter as well. I don't even know where to begin with that. (laughs) I mean, this is... Why don't we go ahead and do the 2023 power rankings? Hey, I would have had the Heat uh, number one in that one at the start of this season when we thought that they had to build toward Giannis. Nobody... I'm just any bringing up the facts. Idea. I don't have any idea what this team's going to look like. Yeah. Nobody. Like, why do we waste our time? Why do fans waste their time getting upset about things that simply do not matter? And why do we in this business spend so much time doing things that do not matter? Like, there's enough news to write today. There's enough angles from last night. I could have written 20 stories today. Um, I stopped at two, and then I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going home. <laughs> but, I don't blame you. I mean, that's stuff for month three of the lockout if we get to that stage which i don't think we will i do think the talks are going to go smoothly but whatever it's david can i ask you guys a question yeah go ahead i'm curious i know and i know you'll do more pods i know you're going to wrap up your season and all that 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 way but what was your i i and it's kind of a loaded question but what was your favorite moment of of this whole year of the whole year of the, of the whole year. I mean, it had to be game five, I think, right? Like, that's... I know there's not one moment, but the last two minutes of that game, basically, were... That's as, as good as it gets, right? That's as good as basketball gets, basically. Um, like, it's the get kind of game where... If you have no rooting interest, that's one you remember forever. If you have no, you know, if you're just a casual fan, it's one you remember forever. Um, and it was obviously the defining moment of, of Jimmy Butler's career. And, and I, I think all of us this year came in with certain expectations about who Jimmy Butler was as a as a person and, and as a player. And at least as a person, I think he, you know, it's, it's a lot different when you, like, see the way he actually interacts with guys and, you know, stand around in the locker room and watch him yell across the locker room to Myers Leonard about some nonsense. Um, like, you get a different sort of appreciation. It was cool to see him have um, that moment. I know that's not one moment, but it's – that I'll say him if, – if I'm going with one, it's him leaning on the table, right, or on the railing there. That's the moment that's going to stick with me from this whole year probably. Yeah, that, that's that's a good one. I, I, I For me, there's – Two and I it just I, I might be missing some just because the season has been so long. But All Star Weekend to me, although I know it's not real game. I just oh yeah, that's another one when I correctly predicted the Bam would win the Skills Challenge. Yeah, that, that I, one, I, I did not. So you guys won that one. <laughs> um, that that I weekend, I had Dunk doing. I had Dunk doing the thing too. I had I had, yeah. I had DJ winning. I had Bam winning, and I had Dunkin winning. I had I had him going three for three. Yeah, so you're close. Um. 
I think that weekend was really important for this team, just for those guys to have confidence. Um, it, it kind of put this organ. As funny as it sounds, it kind of put the team on the national land. You know, last year on all the national conversations again. Um, when you see how they did on an All Star Saturday night, and even just All Star weekend with Jimmy being there and Bam. Um, and then I'm gonna go to the East clinching win over the Celtics in Game Six. I thought that Bam taking over at the yeah. end. And seeing those guys celebrate that moment um, and their accomplishment, and you kind of saw the bonds between those that have formed, you know, with everyone on the roster and the coaches and the staff. Um, it, uh, that to me was a really, really memorable night. I know, you know, maybe they didn't win the finals, so you know it might get overlooked. But I, I think that that is a night that those guys will remember forever, probably. I would have gone. It's really hard to not say Bam's block on Yeah, that's, that's the other like obvious one, I guess, that we didn't mention. Yeah. But it's, I'm not going with it. I'm throwing it out there as like an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Mine was Jimmy punching the ball away from Embiid and Tyler making that crazy three. That was a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Because to me, that was, it was two things. It's really two things in one. Maybe even three. You, you saw what what Tyler is going to be. Tyler's going to be shot taker, shot maker. Right. And with, with garnish, like he's just going to have a flair for those moments with garnish. I like that. Garnish. Um, um, knowing that they could win big games against big teams come through in big moments. But I think that the best, I think the most important part of that play of that night of that win was the triple A was electric and it had been electric all of last season as the year long. Thank you to Dwayne. Right. It should have, it was a different electric. I think that's the moment that Miami started to believe a little bit again. And it's so critical because I, I'm telling you, I don't travel as much as you, Anthony. I don't see every arena. Um, and there are some loud ones. But the AAA to me, when it's right, and when this team has a chance, and when this fan base is engaged and believing, it's worth, it's worth points. I'm telling you, it's worth points. And that to me is the night when I think Heat fans started to say, huh, maybe there's something here. And obviously it was like a year ago, so people probably yeah. won't go But to me, I, I, that's just when I felt like this team was in the conversation again. I wasn't saying NBA Finals, but I, I thought that moment was a good launching pad. I mean, there's no wrong answer. Like, you yeah. can pick them off when it's... That's a good one too, and, and it capped off a five-game winning streak. To look at the schedule, like that was your fifth win in a row in December. Um, so, like they were in the middle of one of their best stretches of the season. So, I, I think, like what that what what you're saying that moment represents, I think is spot on. Like that was one of those points where you're like, wow, this team actually. I think they 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 moved to twenty-four and eight. It says on with that win, like that win people were like okay this team could actually do something here like 24 and 8 yeah they were awesome i was there's a lot of moments like early in the season that 
I mean, like you said, they're a year ago basically now. But I mean, remember the second game of the year they they win in Milwaukee without Jimmy. But, like they but just... that one spoke ran on the court. Yes. yes. Yeah. Almost exactly a year ago. Justice oh, Winslow was phenomenal in that game. Oh. I would say the craziest thing is, do you remember what happened on opening night? Justice had 27-7-7. Jimmy didn't play, and they, like, kicked the crap out of the Grizz. Like, that feels like it was, like, five years ago. It does feel like a very long time ago. <laughs> Don't recall the player. <laughs> Now Justice is on Memphis. Now he's on Memphis, yeah. Has he, I mean, I've played as many games for the Grizzlies as he has. I mean, is he on there? To me, can I, 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 a double honorable mention moment was Justice tweeting after the Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. dedicated <laughs> the win to him. I'm never going to get over that. Dedicated practice to me. Yeah. Come on. He's competitive. I, he's competitive. But yeah, you're just. I mean, yeah. There's just like so. Like, I mean, I was thinking the super. Like, I remember covering a practice the day of the Super Bowl, and I had to like park in a weird spot. Like, it's just like all these weird things that like I remember happening from like the regular season. That feels like it was a totally different season because it basically was. I want to say it was actually the first media availability with uh, Andre Iguodala at at the AAA, and it was like me and one other person there because everyone else was covering Super Bowl stuff. Yeah, and that's eight months. That's eight months ago. It's <laughs> so crazy. And and by the way, one thing before I know we're probably gonna wrap up soon, but how happy? I mean, I, I feel pretty good for Dean Waiters after what he's that's been my guy. this season. Like, I know he gets a lot of flack down here, and I know both you guys, you both you guys love Dion, but um, uh, after what he's been through this season, this year, for him to get that ring, I know he didn't play in the finals, but he's he's a good guy. He really is a good guy, and um, you know you're you're happy to see him come out of the other end with with some success, and, and not to be just a waste of you know his a waste of a season for him. Like it was still something that um, you know he'll look back on, and I'm sure he learned a lot from this year. He's been through a lot, so I, I was happy to see that last night. So where we were staying at Disney um, in the Coronado Resort, if people are familiar with Disney, as it appears most everybody in the world is. There's like this long bridge that leads you to some three forks or three river, mm-hmm. I don't know, three something restaurant. I'm a details guy, as you can tell. No free and ads, except for Disney World, I guess. What's that? No free ads, except for Disney World, I guess. No free ads. So it was closed to us most of the time because who wants the media anywhere? But. Like in the last week, they had a media, one of the many media parties this was. It was, this was very much like finals week, the last week. Like, and not just because of the NBA finals. It was like nothing but like, there was an event every night for us. And I'm like, how many times can the same people say goodbye to each other? Like, it's just, make it stop. But I'm walking across the bridge and I hear this guy, like this wooden, it's, again, it might be like 300 feet long and it's like 12 feet wide. It's just this long wooden path over this little mini lake. And I hear a guy coming up behind me. And I can hear his bike tires. I can hear his bike tires crunching on the wood. And I hear beep, beep. And so I move over. I look around. And it's Dion <laughs> with his truck. And so you know the conversation is going to happen. So I spent like 20 minutes talking with Dion. And 
I mean, a lot of it was just, you know, us catching up and he's, you know, he's, he's Dion. I think it's funny when we're talking about Bayheim, talking about why his number isn't retired at Syracuse. And I'm like, cause you're not mellow. You're not mellow. Like, stop it. He goes, why is it retired for GMAC? And I'm like, I don't know Dion, but so I said, do you, how do you feel about your year? Like, are you, are you, are you happy? Like, are you in a good place? Are you happy? He goes, yeah. I'm happy, you know. I did what I did. I did what I did on the plane. I did it, you know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. I'm not going to sit here and hide from it, but I did it. Like, I, I love Dion for a lot of reasons, and it's not just because of Syracuse. Like, Dion messed up and knows he did. Um, and he's still young. And, I mean, he's talking about, you know, he hopes he can stay there. If not, everybody needs shooting right now. You know, does he go to Philly? Does he go home? Does he go home to play for Doc, a team that pretty much need, pretty clearly needs a shooter? Um, I, I just, it was so good to see him and so good to talk to him. And he, he texted last night after the game, and he was just so happy. And look, I, I, I know he's not the favorite of the Heat. I know he's not the favorite of Heat fans, but I think it's important for people to know that yes, he can be a bonehead, but there, there's a really good heart in that dude. I just, you're not going to, I know I'm not going to convince people of it and you're not going to convince me otherwise, but there's a good heart in that guy. And I was happy that he gets something and maybe this will be the thing. Maybe getting the ring, some guys do it in reverse. Maybe this will, maybe this is how it worked for Dion. Maybe getting the ring will be what finally makes him reach his potential, which I do think is pretty high in this game. Yeah, I think that's a, a as good a place to wrap up as any, Tim. I know you got to get going. Um, thanks, as always, for coming on. Thanks for coming on. I'm home. There's a Publix run. It must be made. Yeah. <laughs> I think pub subs are, uh, chicken tender subs are on sale, so you, you pick the right week to come home. What? Nice. Tim, uh, I guess we're also giving free ads to Publix, but um, I don't think, yeah, I think they're fine without us. Um, so if people don't know about chicken tender subs right now, then come on. <laughs> Tim, thanks for thanks thanks for coming on all throughout uh, this bubble. Um, guys, it was great to have your boots on the ground journalism there. Guys, you are such credits to our profession. You're just good guys. I love working with you. Um, you're the future of our business. Thankfully, uh, I hope Mama Harold is very happy to with what you guys do. I mean, you're just. You're, you're so young, but you're, you've got so much talent. You're so professional. This is, this is so much fun for me. So thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be part of, part of your gig here for the last few weeks. I've really enjoyed it. You're the, be- you're the best, Tim. Thank you. Thanks. You guys can follow Tim on Twitter at ByTimReynolds. Um, Anthony, you got anything before we uh, finish up here? Any final thoughts? Um, uh, it's been a fun season, but I guess the next podcast will be <laughs> looking forward to the- to next season whenever that begins so um yeah the off season has begun yeah yeah that's definitely the weirdest part of this is just not knowing when it is when this starts again i guess we know we've got the draft to look forward to in like five weeks or something like that so that's at least like one milestone i'm sure by the time the draft comes we'll know we'll have a better idea of where things stand so um yeah, we'll be back Thursday on our normal schedule. Uh, not sure what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks here, but obviously, um, you know, there's a lot to break down from this season. Um, 
Remember the first Dion game? That was another fun one when he finally uh, got in a game. There, there's a <laughs> the the first time yeah, Chris was... Silva like did a thing. There, there were some there were some weird moments there early in the season. Yeah, they were. This is uh, this was an eventful season. Again, a year long. It sounds crazy. It's, it feels like two or three seasons in one. Um, if, even the seeding games feel like a different I know. season. Yeah. Like, we, should, we should play a trivia game. We should get stuff that happened five years ago <laughs> happened this year and be like 2016 or now. Justice Winslow gets a double double. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wild season, but it was um, one that I'm sure we'll all remember. Um, it was obviously a very good season for the Heat. Um, and, I mean, even just March, like, even March 11. Like that day, yeah. I'll never forget that day being in that arena, hearing the news that the season was suspended, not knowing. Yeah, maybe that, that should have been the most memorable moment from the season. Yeah, like it was memorable for a different reason, but that that moment, wow, like that to me is one that will stick with me maybe above all of them, really. Um, it was just surreal, I remember that night. So um, it's been a, like like Tim said, I think we've all learned and grown um from these, from these months, um, so yeah, it's it, it's been fun, guys. Hey, one more thing, I meant to say this earlier. And I, I'm sure someone tweeted it, but this got brought up in post game last night. And I know we're a very heat centric group, obviously, but you know, this year was about Kobe for the Lakers, about honoring eight and about honoring twenty four. Yesterday, the day they won it was the 24th anniversary of Kobe's first game for the Lakers. That is nuts. That is... It just makes you feel like there's a little something to it, you know? It was just a preseason game somewhere, but it was... It's a nice little... Just one more nice little nugget for the year to make us think that, you know... Just another way that we're going to remember Kobe, which we probably should have talked about a little bit too. But yeah. it was that was another. I mean, not well, we that there was a moment. We but remember, a we did a podcast after he died, and that was right right before the Super Bowl. I remember I found it out as I was picking up my credential at the uh, Miami Beach Convention Center. I found it out driving to MIA to uh, cover the arrivals. Yeah, that was the day Dion spoke for the first time. It was. <laughs> You remember that, Tim? I was at MIA. I didn't do it. I, I wasn't were, there. You were there. You were wow. there. That's right. I was. And then I went from the arena to the airport. Yes, you left right after practice, but you were there. It was the first time Dion spoke after the, all That's the suspensions. Right. I remember getting back to my computer and seeing the Kobe news, and I was just like lost that couldn't write my stories obviously. I don't know if I ever wrote Dion that day. Yeah, I don't know. I did. Yeah. That was uh that was another I mean there's there's been so many of the like I mean obviously that day is different than all of them, but there's been so many days where you look back and just you're gonna remember forever. Um yeah, and that's what makes this year special in good ways and bad ways too. I mean it's not all good obviously. So um yeah that 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 day that day and March 11 are two days that stay, really stick out to me. Yeah, it's. I think a good way to put it is probably the most memorable season in uh, 
in NBA history in a lot of ways. Maybe not necessarily always because of what was happening on the court, but um, I think, you know, even if the Heat didn't make this kind of run, I think we would all remember this one uh, it, differently than any other. Um, so we can wrap things up there. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He's got uh, lots of Heat stuff coming up to wrap up the season, I'm sure, in the next couple of days. I, actually, is it a, I guess I don't know that for sure, but I just assume you do. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, full, full, full dive into football for me now. So um, we, uh, we keep moving. It's weird. Like I, I, th- I can't remember if I said this in the last episode or maybe I said it on our Miami football one. We went 0-60 to 60 with sports, and now we like downshift. But we don't fully downshift because we've still got Dolphins, Canes, and, and high school football, which are usually like our busiest time of the year. So I think we can uh, finish things there. Thanks, as always, for listening, you guys, and uh, we will talk to you next week.